Patriot Project, and we are bringing you our weekly show slash podcast called We Got Your Six at Six Patriot Playtime. Every week, we try to bring you a new guest, and a lot of times we have a new musician, um, and we share all the good and not so good things happening in our world. Tonight's not going to disappoint. I would like to mention real quick, uh, Bourbon Battle Buddies, they are a strong supporter of our mission. Really, they don't have a choice because J-Train, he's actually one of us. Um, it is 25 June, 2023. Tonight, our guests are Jamie Bonetto. He's here with us to share some of what he's up to. And I guess I dragged him to our event in Capel, Texas. And so he really had no choice. He's going to be on our show. We might or might not talk about that day. Um, we also have Rick Brown here to share some music, some background with us. Hopefully there's something left to share after he and Mark got warmed up before the show here. Uh, it's going to be an amazing show tonight. Stay tuned. Keep your ears open for some great conversations. Please call out questions if you have them and share with your friends if they're not on here watching. I want to remind you that if you come up as Facebook user instead of your name, um, if you would prefer to have your name, there is a link coming up in a second here, and it will allow you to go into StreamYard. It allows StreamYard permissions to just use your name um, while you're on the show here. Before we get started tonight, I, I want to share with you uh, our new pledge. Uh, we, we've talked about this, we've discussed, we've, I mean, just we've gone round table with this. Um, and sometimes we wonder like, why are we doing this? What have we done? Sometimes we're like, how did we get this? Why, why is it so amazing? Um, and we know why, why we get to do this. It's a thank you to the service members and first responders that have committed their time, sweat, blood, limbs, family, 
and life to give us the freedoms that we have that allows us to do what we do daily. So get up off your dang butt, um, take off your hat, put your hand over your heart and join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, one nation, under God, under God indivisible, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There we are. We're in the house. We're ready to roll. We got it set up, and we got some amazing guests here tonight. Look at this, right off the bat. What up, fellas? I'm not a fella, but thank you for including me in the group, and we don't know who you are. Gosh dang it. <laughs> oh, they beat me to it. They beat me to it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Jeremy Daniel here. Good to see you, brother, here regularly all the time doing your thing. We appreciate you. Uh, coming to us also from our YouTube channel, which, uh, hey, Here's our commercial. We always say we're looking for people that have time, talent, and treasure. And if you wanted to meddle a little bit in a little technological space and, and peace, uh, we could use a ton of help with our YouTube channel. It just needs a little tweaking and a little bit of uh, some organization, but we'll get there. Mr. Tim Newton of the Tim Newton Band, good to have you, brother. Amazing songs. Get out there. He's got Country Girl out there just recently, which he's in video. You don't want to miss it. Great song. Great people. Great thing. Uh, he probably, we've been talking about him in a little event. Uh, not ready to make an official announcement yet, but uh, there has been a little event we've been attached to in the October month of the year down in a state south of us, north of Jonathan. Uh, where we we call it the takeover, but uh, I'll be ready for announcements on that, and we're pretty excited about it. We've got a bunch of uh, new amazing players in the game that want to make this happen and make it bigger than ever, so uh, stay tuned for that kind of information. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you. Good to be here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Jonathan, anything in the news? Uh yeah, um, sorry, my computer's a little slow today. Um, <laughs> June twenty seventh is a uh, National PTSD Awareness Day. It's the day we talk about the complex disorder of PTSD, which is caused by experiencing or witnessing trauma. Um, PTSD, in some form, was documented as far back as fifty BC. But it wasn't until 1915 that it was introduced into medical literature, and it was called shell shock. Every war since then has ushered in a new understanding of the effects of PTSD. However, it wasn't until uh, the Vietnam War that studies found that trauma didn't necessarily have to, have to stem from uh, war or combat-based situations. Holocaust victims, rape victims were also found to have experienced trauma that was associated with PTSD. And today we understand that PTSD can be caused by many different kinds of trauma, um, but it is widely considered to be treatable. Um, June 27th, 2010 was the first National PTSD Awareness Day. However, in 2014, the Senate would designate the entire month of June as National PTSD Awareness 
And although it is considered treatable, I think it's worthy of note that uh, you have to speak about it first. You can't treat something that uh, or someone that doesn't accept that there is a problem or doesn't realize that they have a problem. Um, although PTSD is treatable, we're still working on getting to the point where people understand it and can talk about it more freely. Um, also, on this day, June 25th, 1944, First Lieutenant Carlos Ogden of the United States Army had his company pinned down by a German 88-millimeter gun and two machine guns. He armed himself with an M1 rifle, grenade launcher, and uh, several rifle-fired and hand grenades. He would leave his company in their position and advance alone uphill under enemy fire towards the enemy placements. While advancing, he would uh, he was struck in the head by a glancing machine gun round and was knocked down. <clears throat> and despite being painfully wounded, he continued to advance. He would first take out the 88 millimeter gun with a rifle grenade, and then with hand grenades, he would silence the two remaining machine gun placements. In the process, he was painfully wounded again. Inspired by his actions, his company would continue its advance and reach its objective. And for his heroic actions on this day, again in 1944, First Lieutenant Carlos Ogden was awarded the Medal of Honor. And that's all I got today. That's a good story. Well, another notable holiday that I'd like to bring up is Mr. Rick Brown just recently uh, had a birthday on, on Flag Day. And I'm pretty sure his hat represents Texas. Uh-huh. Right? That's, that's yeah, where we're going to go. <laughs> Thanks. Now he gets that. Now he gets that discount from Denny's and IHOP, that senior citizen thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I had that for breakfast this morning. I sit on the couch watching a movie and had IHOP delivered. I was like, I'm not cooking, but I'm it. That's when you know you're old when they bring it to you. Yeah, hey, get it. You just order it nowadays. I'd like to do a quick shout out for. Uh, we had it sit by here. <clears throat> Uh, ruck it up for warriors. Thank you so much. We know that you came into the network. I saw you today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Come check us out and let's do what we can to get you on the show to share your mission. That's what this is about. Always sharing boots on the ground organizations that are in the plight of taking care of our veterans and first responders. So thank you for being here. Thank you for the shout outs. Enjoy having you. We'd like to learn more about you. Uh, I'd like to say brother, but it might be a sister, so I don't want to get too uh, too into that. You know, whatever we family, family. Period. Boom. Better throw some of that out there. Um. No. <laughs> Pearson, wrong well, crowd. Wrong crowd. No. Wrong crowd. Well, I have a I have a joke about it, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't have a joke about it, Jamie? Who doesn't? It, it's getting uh, significantly harder to find news topics that are not somewhat politically charged. Uh, yeah, yes. that's where I try to draw the line at things that uh, are on well, both sides of the extreme. Well, then I mean, if we're not talking about suffering, we got to be talking about Matt Rife, right? Everyone's got to be talking about Matt Rife. Oh, you do recall <laughs> that? I didn't even know who that. Who is that? I, well, I you didn't? That. Oh man. Within hours after his tickets were available, they were gone, and he plays here the day before my wife's birthday, and I couldn't get them. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, you know how the tickets get sold out so fast, right? 
people buy them and then mark them up for like $800 a piece? No, like banks and Amazon, companies like that. Um, and I, I don't want to say that's particular, but companies like out there are, they purchase hundreds of, I mean, just thousands of tickets and then they sell them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, recently from tried. what I understand though, if, if you're a female with any, any ounce of libido left in their life, apparently that is a, a factor in this. <laughs> so, so apparently he's no. on the free list for everybody. I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying that as a shot. Male. I, I, I need to make a caveat just so no one gets in trouble. That I don't know if Amazon does that for sure. I was talking about big companies in general. Just like That's Amazon because it's a big company. Yeah, it don't get much bigger than Amazon. Just don't saying. get us shut down for singling people out over here. <laughs> well, we would be remiss here in the great state of Minnesota if we didn't mention <clears throat> that Taylor Swift is in town. And uh, apparently you have to talk about that. No, That's right. why you asked me if I would be able to cover tonight? Because <laughs> any man with libido left. <laughs> Let me just say, she's here two nights because you know they messed up. They they bucked up the ticket sales, and so they because everybody bought them all, right? So now people, it was like a thousand bucks, seven hundred fifty bucks just to get in the door last night. Way 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 up there. The crazy part is, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we got way more important things to talk about. Um, apparently, tens of thousands of people just showed up to buy merch outside of the stadium. That for two days. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We should have just went and set up a table. What were we thinking? We should have just but went we- and. <laughs> And who do you yeah. say that to when you got Rick Brown in the house for Pete's sakes? I mean, I know, right? we yeah. should have had everybody send us merch, and then we could have put our keychains and stickers out and everybody else's merch. Yeah, yeah, we could have helped everyone out. Dang it. Yeah, you might have made some money on that. See, dang it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, you're awesome. Jeremy is oh. on it tonight. Peterson, stop clicking when I click. I know. Quit touching. Quit touching the buttons. That's what they say. Dude. Buttons. Yeah, Common exactly. Sense 100%. Mm-hmm. So oh, I've been razzing. I've been razzing Mr. Benito here because he's in Texas and he's got – he's in association with Texas Warriors hockey. Um, that's – Right next to like the outdoor synchronized swimming of Minnesota, because <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's what we do in Minnesota. Oh, wait, no, we don't do that. There, there should be no hockey in Texas, but we all know in the early 90s, uh, sadly, Texas stole one of the greatest hockey teams in the history of the world, and it's been a sore subject for a long, long time. And not for uh, us. Well, no, no, that's, that's, no. How many times have the Dallas Stars made it to uh, made it to the playoffs? No clue. I just started watching like two and a half years ago. Has it been okay, the playoffs? Been the finals, I guess, twice and won it once. You know, here's They're the deal. I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm a Wyoming boy. We didn't even have hockey uh, when I was growing up. Now, apparently, there's hockey in Wyoming. But uh, we'll get to pull Mr. Rick Brown into a conversation because he does have a little flavor for the rodeo. And some of us in this uh, network may have some connections and pieces in that. And we love having that. Every day is a Saturday. Good to see you, brother. Let's, uh, we said it once. We're going to say it again. we got to get that some communication going on. It's awesome. Mr. Roof in the house. Boom. Um, and from the WP3 radio. Oh, is that, that's probably us, but uh, uh, Derek Iozio's in from Catch 22 down in San Antonio, Texas. We got the Texas Brotherhood coming in tonight. Um, and the great part is Mr. Brown comes to us through a referral of our fine young lady, Jen Ford, out of mm. Texas as well. They're from the same space. And uh, we thank you, Jen Ford, for the referral. We know this is going to be a good fit and things are going to happen because of this. Because we believe that we are the of all this stuff. So, um, Benito, tell us about your service. Tell us what you're doing. Uh, I started out uh, back in fifth grade. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I joined the military, United States Marine Corps, in uh, 1989. Uh, I did about nine years uh, and got out and became a police officer in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, did that for about four and a half years. And then after September 11th, I joined back in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was intelligence chief for a couple different units. Um, then stayed in until 2013 where I retired and went back to being a police officer. Uh, ended up retiring as a police officer and now I'm doing private investigation work. So that's that's me. And Mr. Brown, tell us about your service. Well, uh, I got out of school and worked for a couple of years in the family business. And then um, Desert Storm was heating up and I just made a decision. I was going to first I was going to join the Marines and just uh, I just felt felt it in my heart that if uh, we were going to go fight that I needed to be there. So my dad was army and um, he taught me into going and checking out some other branches uh, instead of just the Marines because of jobs and stuff and like air force and Navy. So I went to the Navy and asked them, Hey, uh, do y'all have any type of ground troops? I really don't want to be just sitting on a ship, you know, and uh, not that that's a bad thing. It's actually fun, but, uh, but they uh, showed me a little video of the Navy SEALs, and I said, well, I kind of like that. So I, I was a great runner. Uh, uh, I could do push-ups nonstop for probably up to 300, and uh, it blew people's minds. The only thing I could not do was swim good enough to be a Navy SEAL. I never got into swimming, so uh, that was my Achilles heel. And I did my four years and got out and came back home, uh, just like my song, Take Me Back to Texas, talks about. But yeah, that, that was, I did four years in the Navy and had a blast doing it. So I'm, I still miss it. Um, but I wanted to come home to Texas. So here I am. <laughs> here you are. Um, Mr. Benito. So tell them how are you, has your service influenced what you're doing now? Me? Yeah. Uh, it, well, not right now. It did when I was, um, uh, doing police officer work. When I got out the first time, um, 
I had no background. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that joined the military because I was uh, super patriotic. Uh, in my household, when you turn 18, you had to be out of the house. Uh, no questions asked. You were on the streets. Uh, needed the place to live. Um, I didn't know we get paid when I joined. I just needed a place to live. Um, but uh, I did that and just fell in love with it. Um, did did pretty good by it, and I wanted to stay in, but just personal reasons I had to get out. Um, but it, obviously, it, it helped the transition to become a police officer, um, doing similar type stuff. And then uh, once that being a police officer is in your blood, I mean, it's in your blood. You can't do anything but. But uh, after September 11th, I had to leave and go back in the military. Um, again, just that I, I felt when I did my first nine years and got out, I felt like I quit. Um, I quit early, if you will, because 20 is completing the job, the clean, completing the mission. Um, so I just had that itch, had to go back in. Um, and then now uh, doing PI work. Yeah, there's a lot in relation to it. Um, I did insurance for a couple of years and just it just wasn't for me. Um, but uh, yeah, PI work, um, hoping to get into some more analytical stuff and actual investigations. I was also a detective when I was a police officer. So I think it'll help. Rick, has, did the service help influence any of your music or any of the pieces that you put in play with the music world? Uh, yeah. Um, um, I had a little garage band here in Longview. When we were teenagers. When I got in the Navy, me and some guys got together and started playing music there. And I used to sit there and play the guitar. I've got carpal tunnel pretty bad now, so the guitar playing ain't quite as good as it used to be. But uh, Which the VA is fixing to help me with that. But, uh, you know, like the Take Me Back to Texas song, when I wrote it, it was it was referring to while I was in the military. And um, like I told you earlier, that um, when I announced this song, I wrote it because of when I was in the military and I was dying to get back to Texas to hunt deer, ride bulls, dance with pretty girls on the dance floor because you didn't have a lot of that in Guam and Japan and but you know a lot of bases had country nights so we did get to country dance but uh, 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 I still miss like him I feel like I quit early and it's been a, an itch ever since I got out of wanting to go back and uh, the 9-11 I almost dropped everything I was doing and went back in but I, I chose to keep working and I already had vehicles and house and stuff like that and i was like well that just a whole lot to sacrifice to go back in um which i had gone back in it would have been the marines but all of our branches are is a brotherhood everybody equally for this country because you got a job to do in every branch it is very important to this country i learned at a real young age fortunately when i was in the gulf war as a lance corporal um every that every service had its purpose uh-huh. every service i mean if we didn't sit there for two and a half three weeks waiting for the air force to you know continuously bomb um and obviously the army had their their mission going straight up uh it's just i learned very young uh in the military that, that, that there is a purpose for all four branches so and coast guard don't want to miss them as well 100 percent. um and you know what it's i love the commodership that a first of all when you sit in the room of a bunch of service members um, there is an innate level of respect and an innate level. I, I know there's some goofiness, and I, I kind of equate this to sports teams. Uh, yeah. you, you're going to have your Packer fans. You're going to have your Viking fans. You might have a Dallas fan trickle in there now or then. Not not very many of them. I, they build a big house for them down there, but then I know they don't 
they don't sell those things out. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate it. And again, there is the ribbing, the ribbing you get with the, the crayon eaters and with the 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 chair warrior there, the chair force area, the warriors. I can't even get that out. Um, Armchair, you know, armchair yeah, warriors. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know, I get it, I get it, and it's fun. Uh, we love razzing each other, but uh, at the end of the day, I know that if there was ever a time or a moment that any one of us needed each other for anything, I think we'd uh -huh. fix it. I also know that you all stack us up in a, in a bar having a couple uh, beverages, there might be a little bit of fisticuffs given any moment, but uh, that would happen. Uh, well, I, I know it was my it was my unit it was my unit in uh, Okinawa that uh, made the enlisted club stop selling bottled beer. So. I love it. I love but, it. There was a lot of I, I, I'm I, like I said I miss it like it like it was like I walked out yesterday, yeah. and and uh, I take a lot of pride in the service that I did give this country, and um, you know. I, I was a machinist. That was one of the rates uh, that you could be to be in the in the Navy SEALs and all that. And uh, um, so I've made parts that could sink subs. Um, I've made parts. Uh, I've made tail hooks for for jet aircraft. Um, I've made uh, been down on submarines and worked on them when they were tied off to our sub tender. Uh, so you get to see a lot of different things. Um, you know, I got to go to Australia for 18 days, max Liberty and very few people get, get to say that, you know, I went across the equator. We did the, the whole shell back initiation, which I don't think they allow anymore. Cause of, you know, certain, certain things that go on during that, we won't discuss, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Man, we we went all over the world, and and it was a blast. I mean, you, there's there's things you see and do that the average citizen just does not get to experience. And and like him, you know, we've seen lots of things. Just like my song says, I've been around this world and seen lots of things. And that's all we're going to talk about. That's all you need to know. And but, so, as of 2010, they still do the. Uh, uh, shellback ceremony it's a little bit cleaner now but they, oh, they do <laughs> yeah I, I i'd heard you know uh yeah i was in there when they really started introducing the women to ships you know and you had to learn how to act <laughs> because you know you, you know guys you know you get vulgar and stuff and which is sad because usually they were worse than us <laughs> yeah I, my, it was a challenge uh, i don't care do what you're gonna do you know they were they were guys just like us you know, and, and it was, it was fun. You know, I had a blast. Uh, I was on the USS Holland with, I think 400, 400 women was on that ship. Uh, there was one on the Proteus, which was a, the Proteus was a ship. If you look at the picture of surrender of Tokyo Bay, there's this big black shadow of a ship with a bunch of subs tied to it. And that was my first ship. Oh, it had a lot of history, and uh, I actually decommissioned that. When then I ended up on the Nimitz, another famous, very famous ship for the United yeah. States. So that's that's things that you know. I look back on and go, you know, I, I was part of two ships that were just amazingly popular 
ships and, and the Holland was a great ship too, you know. Uh it just I don't think it had a history like those two. But you know, it was still a great ship and we had fun. Went to Japan and got the uh power lift on the base there against a bunch of Marines and and I come in there and took three trophies home. <laughs> <laughs> But like I say, I, I I did I did join the navies with other other uh, aspirations in mind than just you know being a being a squid. <laughs> other than being trapped on a ship with a bunch of guys, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know the good thing about the sub tender life, you're in port a whole lot, and when the subs ain't there, guess what you're doing all the, all the time? Liberty. If you ain't on a duty day, well, in the machine shop. Uh, for four, for two years in in Guam, uh, basically we'd have muster plan of the day. Anybody got anything to add? No. Okay, sweep up shop about thirty minutes later. Okay, everybody at duty stations dismissed, and we did that all the time. We was out playing volleyball on the beach, softball, whatever. Yeah, Marine Corps can't. We can't say that in Marine Corps. We didn't just sit on our asses and play volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we actually worked. Yeah, yeah. When we had duty day you know, in that machine shop. You know, it's hot, and uh, but yeah, uh, we we got to spend a lot of time just on on Liberty, and uh, going in. It's all spring. Jonathan, I hear you. You're awfully quiet right now, too. I... <laughs> I'm just I'm just biting my tongue because you know I'm in here with Air, uh, uh, Navy and Marines. That's army guys. We just uh, we just wait. The world of the <laughs> artillery man. I'm not numbered. I didn't get a lot of that time down either. That was uh, it was interesting. Hey, so I'd like to get to one of your songs, uh, Mr. Brown. Take them back to Texas. Yeah. So I got a unique situation here. I've never ran into this problem, but. Uh, the title of your name and band is so long that on one of, on two of my clicks, I I can't see which song is which. So I'm gonna have to start a song, and you're gonna have to give me a thumbs up if it's the right song. Okay, yeah. you're gonna know better than me. Tell us about "Take Me Back to Texas." Well, uh, like I said, uh, when I was in the military, uh, as much as I love doing it, still wish I was doing it right now. To this day, I, I'd do it for the rest of my life if I could. Um, uh, I've got four knee replacements, eight vertebrae fused together and uh, arthritis in every joint of my body. So it's not possible, but I just wanted to come back home to East Texas. I was a deer hunter, uh, uh, road bulls. I did get to ride while I was stationed up in Washington state, but that's the only place of the four years that I got to ride. And, and I just missed the dance halls we had back then. Like the Rio Palm Isle was a legendary bar here in Longview, Texas, uh, uh, Merle Haggard, George Jones, all those guys played there. Elvis Presley played there before he was ever famous. And, um, so I missed all that. And so I just wrote this song pertaining to the time that I was in the military, wishing I was back home in Texas, but I, I need to write another song vice versa. Cause sometimes, uh, the grass ain't always greener, you know, oh, I, fair enough. Yeah. So my hopes are, uh, this is Rick Brown and the Lone Star Bootleggers with uh, Take Me Back to Texas. Just give me a quick thumbs up if it's the right one. That's the beer drinking hell raising song, but that's a good All one. All right, here we go. I got it for sure. <laughs> 
puts a little boogie in the, the backside uh, in that uh, I, I had a vision. Uh, first of all, I'm like, you know, a real good production team would have had some scenes of Texas in, in the video that was backdropping this. And then uh, the other pieces, how amazing would have been awesome. How amazing it would have been awesome. Cause that's the way we speak English in Wyoming, not in Minnesota and anywhere else. But uh, um how awesome it would have been to uh, maybe have uh, Rick Brown at the Lone Star Shock and Awe. 
Yeah. Yes. So I think Rick's having a hard time hearing us, which is fine because uh, I can hear everyone. So um, if someone, I'll send him a text message real quick um, and have him just come out and come back in. And so, uh, Jamie, tell me what you're working on while we're doing those pieces. Uh, well, it's, I don't know. It's kind of neat for me. Um, it's Air Finders, H-E-I-R, Air Finders. Uh, basically, the state of Texas, uh, state treasury has about uh, over $3 billion owed to different people across the state. Return checks, investment stuff that, that uh, are just sitting there in the state treasury. Uh, I look up their names, try to contact them, and try to get, get them their, the money that's owed to them. So it's actually kind of neat. Um, tell Calling somebody up and tell them, actually, there's a, someone I'm working on right now that they're actually owed over $200,000. Wow. So um, there's another one that's over a million. So I just, um, if I get to do their facilitation for their uh, claims and I get 10%, which is kind of neat, but there's nothing better than calling people up and saying, hey, we got money for you. So right. the problem is the difficulty is people think it's a scam. So it's hard to get them to call them back. <laughs> right. Is this, do those people have to still live in Texas or is it? Nope, not at some, all. Okay. Nope. And it's, uh, uh, again, they, the people can do it themselves, but they don't know about it. So I think a lot of them that become my clients are ones who are just appreciative that I found them and did the research to get a hold of them and contact them. Um, so they let me facilitate it for them. So. Are, is there an upfront fee for this or just, uh, uh, we do a 10% fee. So if they let, if you know, I'm find... oh, sorry. If you find something, there's a, yeah, if they, if they get paid, then we get paid. Yeah. So what's the percentage of doing a search and not finding anything versus doing a well, search the, and finding Well, it? we have the database um, that the state uses, so we know who is owed money. Um, okay. We have a list of, you know, I, I break them down, the st entire state of Texas, I break down by city, and then I just go through that city and I filter through. And I, I mean, I typically I start with anything that's got 200 revenue or more, um, and then I start calling them up. And then uh, if they meet with me, we got to get a notary signed, they sign a contract with me, and if they get paid, then I get 10%. Wow. So giving great. people money. Love it. Yeah, shoot. I, I've danced around those programs before, but like you said, there's so many, there are so many people trying to reach into your back pocket for something right now. And it's, it's, I don't even know who to use for like computer security because I get 15 notifications a day about, well, your Norton is yeah. due. And I'm like, Hey, is it due? I, you I, got a virus. Click here and we'll, we'll scan and clean it for you. Right. We're yeah. just going to give you a virus. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I definitely want to do referrals for stuff like that. You want to get references, uh, know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> Mr. Brown, you hear us good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear y'all. Okay. I, I didn't catch what he uh, was talking about because I had no audio there for for a little bit. And... He's talking about the Navy. No big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all good stuff. All good stuff. You know what's aggravating? Me. Everybody's <laughs> always looked at me. I've always been, you know up and thumped up and, and they go so what branch are you in i go Navy. they go oh i'm like what do you mean oh well you don't know what i did generally speaking generally speaking it sounds like you look like a marine so <laughs> well yeah even when i was in there 
um, everybody, uh, unless they knew me on base, they automatically uh, would start talking about Marine stuff. And I'd look at them. I'm like, I'm not a Marine. They're like, hey, boy, you're not a Marine. But no. I mean, uh, I said, I, I, I just like to work out. <laughs> but yeah, you're in the Navy. Just, you're I, in the Navy, just not the men's department. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Marines love hearing they are just the Navy. They love hearing that. I, I know they love hearing that. You know, I got I got lucky having kind of a skate job at times when subs weren't in to work on and duty section could do all the work that was on tab for the day. Uh, but but like um, uh, for the most part, there's a lot of jobs in there like like the welders and all that. But some of them had the same deal. You know, the sub tender was there for submarines. You know, we we made all the parts, uh, you know, if a refrigerator door broke, we made a new one. We didn't go down to Walmart or our hardware store and buy a new part. We made it. You know, uh, if, yes. we, if you got a fire on a ship, you're in the middle of the water. Uh, guess who you call? Ain't no, ain't no like, fire department is, is the, the men on that ship. And uh, um, speaking of the Holland, uh, <clears throat> first time we went out, when I, I went and decommissioned to Proteus in Washington, come back, got on the Holland, so we go out. And I'm doing engine room watch. And uh, I'm walking, you know, I just got relieved from a watch and I'm walking to these big stairs that go up out of the engine room. They wind up just like, uh, you know, any building. And by the time I got to the bottom step, the main fire main burst. I mean, uh, water like like you've never seen, just just spewing out right on the main power panel. And I just stopped and went, oh, no. And I had one of my guys from my shop was coming down the ladder. I grabbed him, hooked him on the arm, running up. I, I said, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden, boom. And this, we were dead in water for two weeks. And uh, so, you know, there's those ships are dangerous. And if anybody had been standing on that other side of that main, if it came out and hit me, it could have possibly killed me. It would have dang near, it would have dang sure threw me thirty or forty feet, but but yeah, it it, it put that ship dead in the water for two weeks, yeah, and we had to fix good. it all. I mean, you you don't call uh, the hardware store or the the plumber down the road. I mean, you got to fix it all yourself. So, lots of crazy stuff. Like, military <laughs> sounds like some billionaires could have used your help just recently. I just. <laughs> It is, but whatever. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a, that's a sad story. Uh, uh, I don't, but I, I don't have no uh, interest in going that deep in the water to look at a ship that's been there for what? How, how long has that been now? That I just, I just watched the movie. I think I, I've already seen the end of the movie, so really, I'm done. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the 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 unmanned subs. They go down there and. You know, I'll do videos of it. That's fine with me. I'm gonna sit right here and watch it. Uh, I got a yeah. nephew is going to retire for the military. He's in a. He went in to be on a sub, and I just thought, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, there's there's people that that love that job. I mean, and, and uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, submarines are some some some. Uh, we'll just say tough weapons. You know, um, and down there under that water. Or, or, you know, it's like if that sub goes down, they, you may not you may not ever see them again. Well, my uh, best friend was a nuke. 
and uh, and they would go out to sea for a year at a time underwater. That was, and I'm just like, I, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not. I, well, they say you know, 300 sailors get out in a sub, and 150 couples come back. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a sub one time, and I thought, not doing it again. <laughs> no, uh, no, it. Uh, they're just they're tight quartered. I mean, it's like uh, they so they shift out of the beds. They shift out and they're single. And it's not it's you're lying in your cot and you've got about six inches. They shift out of that. That's not your designated sleeping spot. You share that with another shift person, right? While yeah. they're and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I no, no, thank you. Um, I got to go on one of whether it was uh, sanctioned or not. Uh, I, I, I can either confirm or deny that, but uh, I was I got to visit one, and uh, just the 15 minutes I spent in the in the boat was enough for me. And I'm like, uh, 15 minutes of my life, I I'm, that's a good enough. That's <laughs> yeah. Rick. What are you working on right now, brother? Yeah, uh, where did, we lost the army guy. Where did he go? I don't see him. Uh, he's in, he's by, he's backstage right now. There oh, okay, he is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't think of his name, but um, I'm bad with names anyway. If unless I just say it a couple of times, I, I usually forget it. But but um, uh, I will say one of the coolest things I ever saw in my life was was on the USS Nimitz. Um, there's a there's a, a a deck on that ship where it doesn't have uh, uh, doors on all the openings, you know, it's just, just like oval shaped openings. And when you're standing on one end of it, you can literally see all the way down the length of that ship. And it looks like when you're looking in two mirrors and it just goes to infinity. Yeah. Uh, and I should have, uh, you know, back then when they have smartphones or I'd probably have a picture of it, but that was kind of cool. You know, you always made a point, whoever was new on the show, come up here and, and it looked down that passageway and it was, it was literally those those openings would go down to, to nothing, like like looking in a mirror. And that was one of the coolest things I ever saw on that ship. Other than jet engines blasting off and landing, you know, that's always fun to watch. Mr. Brown, what are you working on right now? Uh on you mean music? Or yeah. um, music, life, whatever you want to share with us. But I, I've been my my family business uh, is has been framing and trimming and remodeling houses uh, all the way back from my grandpa, my dad, my three brothers do it. Uh, so that's that's another job here in Northeast Texas. But but uh, I know earlier I played you a little bitty bit of a song that I just wrote that I haven't put, uh, recorded and released yet. Is that what you're referring to? Not necessarily, but I mean, if that's what you want to roll with, let's roll with it. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I lost my voice. We had a big birthday party for me last night at uh, the Electric Cowboy, and man, we we put on a great show. I mean, everybody loved it. Had a, a lot of people on the dance floor dancing, uh, and I just about blew out my voice. But uh, I was going little... to say you never sound better. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, so if if you're good with a raspy voice, then then you then you're a great singer, because <laughs> uh, you know like people like uh, what Conway Twitty and Chris Stapleton, uh, yeah, you know Maggie's song, the best love story, the best love love song in the world. Oh yeah, 
But uh, I come up with a little song I hadn't uh, uh, started recording yet. We're going to, and it's just called Long Necks and Honky Tonk Angels. But it kind of goes like a... Love them long necks and honky tonk angels. They make me feel real good by the end of the night. Love them long necks and honky tonk angels. Wearing them, drinking and dancing, Lord, they make me feel alright. I love a nice cold beer and a good old country song. I love a beautiful girl to dance with all night long. Just some good old boys having fun, hanging out till the morning sun. I can't wait to do it one more time. That's enough. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think when I, you know, I'm not a real good guitar player. And like I said, I'm just have these hands cut on, but, uh, <clears throat> um, Every time I write a song, I go, well, I don't know if I like that. Then I get my guys that actually can play instruments. Uh, and we, I tell them what I want here, what I want there, what I want like that. And, uh, and so far, they've, the, the, uh, I, I ain't going to say about anything about the singing, but the music has come out great. <laughs> um, well, I'm pleased with my, my musicians that I have around here. They, if it wasn't for them, uh, I, I wouldn't even be doing this because uh, I can't do it without them. Uh, so I got I got a good band, and, and I'm lucky to have them. You want to give a quick shout-out to them? Uh, yeah, uh, Tommy Holderman. Um, he doesn't do social media and stuff, but uh, uh, my drummer, Joe Clark, uh, Craig plays the rhythm and lead guitars. I got Casey on steel guitar. And Mr. Eddie Gray on bass. Um, that um, I, I wish y'all could have been there to see what we did last night. We, we put on a pretty good show over here at the Electric Cowboy Longview, Texas, and everybody had a blast. It, it was my birthday celebration uh, because we couldn't do it on my birthday, and I wanted to do it there. And um, we had a big storm the week before. We was going to do it out at another place, but uh, – uh, Texas got ransacked with a big storm. I don't know if y'all heard the news, all the power outages. Um, I somehow, with all the outages around me, woke up to power. I fell asleep to no power, but I woke up and it was back on, so I was blessed on that part. Uh, but, yeah, those guys do a great job every time we play. <clears throat> but, uh, um, one of the funnier comments, I didn't see it till now, but uh, we were talking about when on the subs uh, – you shifted out or you slept. Uh, one of our people commented, uh, be wary of the random sock. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is definitely, uh, something I, you should be concerned about. And, uh, um, I think if I found a sock, whether it was mine or not, I, I don't think I would probably, I think I'm that joke. <laughs> I would probably have a significant sock recycle plan on those boats. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Oh, 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 it's about a military joke. <laughs> Just a comment. I don't know. I welcome back, Rick. Welcome back. <laughs> oh my hey, goodness! If I could real quick, 
I, I want to give a shout out to uh, yeah, Dallas Fort Worth, the Dallas Fort Worth Veterans Chamber of Commerce. I'm the VP for them. Um, 100% uh, veteran support resources for businesses, everything. So um, people might want to look them up. And you don't have to be from Texas, and you, uh, I don't have to be a veteran. But it's a DFW Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Come join us. Oh yeah. Um, and I would be remiss of of not thanking you, Mr. Benito. Uh, you did show up to our Lone Star uh, Shock and Awe event down in Capel, Texas. And not only did you show up, you 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 bring you brought gifts, uh, and we thank you. Uh, he presented us with a flag that. Uh, it was had been flown over the capital, not the Texas capital, but the, the national capital. Uh, greatly appreciated that. It was supposed to be used as a, a raffle item. And I, I mean, full disclosure, we still have the flag. It just that event didn't merit it. And uh, if you need that back, let us know. No, we appreciate it. Yours. It's all yours, man. We thank you for that amazing gift. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, it'll be put into the right process of uh, making sure we'll get it where it needs to go and awesome uh thank you thank you for that amazing gift and thank you for coming and seeing us i one of the most fulfilling pieces of this this mission that we all got to create and uh we on this screen aren't the only ones it's it's a nation a nation effect it's a national effect of people that want to be boots on the ground helping and creating resources and creating opportunities and Literally, we can reach across this country and, and help in in so many facets. I'm really excited to think about what we can do with your skill set and and just help reward and and give opportunities to others. Um, but uh, it, it, getting to put pause on people and that this is the I'm an artillery guy. I mean, you don't put pause on people. That's the way it works. Uh, but this has been so fulfilling in building relationships and building um, a network of people who actually legitimately care. not And it's just not about veterans. It's just not about first responders. It's about our communities as a whole. And uh, it, it seems to be an underlying message, but it is actually the driven force of what, what we're getting to do. And I, I love it. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Or Wills. Yes. Sorry, Jeremy. It's, um, I need to be more inclusive in that. Mr. Uh, Daniels is uh, bound by wheelchair and uh, still doing amazing, coming and checking out our show weekly. And uh, uh, yeah, Peterson, pause on people. That's uh, maybe that's the new mission. Just it's pause on people. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, I'll put my paws on a person. <laughs> um, not going to lie. Uh, there was, and I won't say his name because I'm pretty sure it was a naughty moment, but uh, I was leaving a training once in the field. And uh, I'm going to let you know my camel, camouflage attire for that uh, particular training was a bear mask out in the woods. I would walk around with this bear mask on. And um, <laughs> so does a bear. <laughs> I, it was camel. I mean, you know, you're not going to shoot a bear, right? Because you are, nah, you're nah, I don't eat them. I, I just, I don't, mm -mm, I don't want to shoot one or eat one. I have right, no... right. So mm -hmm. my form of camouflage was a bear mask, this one, and I'm getting ready to leave said training. And I am hugging everyone in this battle <laughs> circle just to f around i'm the i promise you 
I'm the largest guy in our unit, 6'2 six, six at this time, not quite where I'm at weight now, but I'm the largest guy in our unit. And for me to give hugs uh, was weird. Um, you know, you, you hug your first sergeant who I had a great relationship with. It's weird. Uh, I approached the colonel, and for some reason he slipped his hand down on his nine. I don't understand why. Sir. So I go, oh, his nine, not his nine what? <laughs> well, not. <laughs> I, what? Nah, I can leave it alone. I have to leave it alone. Uh, it's not uh, the Navy. It uh, wasn't the Navy. It's oh, not, my, okay? bad. my bad. My bad. My <laughs> bad. So it was only three. So it was only three. Do I? <laughs> It's uh, weird because yeah. if you equate it with millimeters, it really ruins everything, you know. Laughter is the best medicine, right? Oh, it yeah. Is. And we don't like to have fun with what we're doing at all, at all. Um, what is next for you, Mr. Benito? What, what's your next big mission? Uh, just like I said, I mentioned the DFW chamber. We're trying to grow it, trying to get more resources out there to the to veterans. Um, it, just doing everything we can, just just trying to get the message out and uh, any type of resources we can provide. I love it, and and we're going to continue to work together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think we'll be members before long, Good. as well. Yes. That's too bad. And that's good. I want to be a member of Things in Texas. Absolutely. Lots. Like, yeah, we, have such an amazing, we have such an amazing family down there. I just, I'm, I'm yeah. blown away. The so shock I'm, not, I'm not from here. I actually grew up outside Chicago. Um, mm. I just fell in love with this place when I got stationed out here in, uh, down in Lubbock in 1995. Um, and I told my wife and I retired um, we're retiring somewhere in Texas on at least 10 acres of land. Uh, so where do you live in Texas? I'm up in Sherman. No, well, oh. near Sherman. Yeah, up north. You ever been down to hill country and all that and seen all that? Man, yeah, for the most part, yeah. You, you know, I've, I've always told people, too, you go west of 35 and, and south of Waco, you, you ain't seen Texas yet. <laughs> That's, I, uh, that hill country is is not. A lot. I, usually, I usually don't leave my, my, uh, my acreage out here. I got about almost 20 acres and it's just me and mama and some goats and pigs and chickens. So yeah, dogs and cats. Yep. Yep. Uh, good area. Get rid of the fire and throw pause. Ah, Do it. Do it. Misfire was just because I was competing with Eichmann and I wanted a nickname as cool as I thought Misfire was funny. And it was it fit the theme of artillery is what it did. The scariest thing in artillery when you're working with 155 millimeter rounds, not a nine miller millimeter, yeah. uh, 155 millimeter round is when you have a misfire. Yeah. And you have a hot gun sitting there and you don't know if and when or ever that round is going to go off. And there's protocols for that. Yep. Um, but that is absolutely one of the scariest things I think I've ever been involved with was, uh, and I've been on several of them, and it's just like you just got to wait it out and uh, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens? What happens? Um, well, it's kind of like a negative, 
negligent discharge with the Iraqi army when they're when they're have, holding on to an RPG. That'll, that'll well, yeah. So back when I was in, I we had this, these little. I believe in a, it's a long time CPS. So I was the RTO for this gun for years. I love the job of RTO, radio transmission operator, uh, because I got to run all the computers and everything. And back then they're a little bit archaic. Uh, but the other scarier moments are when they actually send the end of mission, which the alarm on EOM is exactly the same as fire mission, and you load the tube. That doesn't really go over really well either. No. That's uh, no. uh, Gun 5 has got a hot round. Sorry, guys. It's Because uh, <laughs> you just can't open it and take it out. It's not. Uh, you can't. It's got to be. <laughs> got to be discharged at some point and uh uh usually yeah that's, well, that's where you call that marine diesel mechanic that's waiting around tell him to go get it and he'll open it up yeah well it's that's not how it works either but um you <clears throat> what's next um and we're actually kind of i say we're ahead of schedule because we've uh <laughs> actually very seldom get an hour show done in an hour. An hour show for us is usually an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, and we just recently did a two-hour show, which was just kind of fun. It's amazing when the connections connect. But yeah. um, everyone's got a device. That's how we do this stuff now. Um, mm-hmm. When we were in service, we many of us didn't have these. Just like Mr. Brown said, it would have been nice to have pictures. And thank goodness Thank goodness um, it did not. Sitting 20 feet from me is, <laughs> is an Army Rasper that was a forward observer, and uh, he did have one of these during service. And uh, there's some pictures, uh, not I can't put on this show, but uh, there's definitely some uh, some. You get it if you're in the military. You get it. And uh, when you've got these devices in the, the arms or hands of babes, uh, 19-year-olds and 21-year-olds that uh, are just trying to figure out the world, different time, different place, you know, it just happens. But this is an effective piece of our mission right here. Um, we weekly ask everyone that's hearing this podcast, part of this podcast, part of the stream, to reach out, not to one, but to six. Uh, we do it by the six-pack because no one just sits and eats one or drinks one at night. Uh, it's always a six-pack. Uh, it takes 36 seconds. Reach out to your brothers and sisters. I promise you this is an effective process and form of saving lives. Yes, we get the guys that come on and they want to do their push-ups. Yes, we get the guys that want to do their uh, their 10-mile ruck. Um, these devices can save lives. I know that you're going to play your brick breaker and all that and have fun and enjoy life. And that's not a shot at Andrea, even though she's a brick breaker champion. I have one vice. vice. It's okay. And and your solitaire game. I'm totally joking. Um, (laughs) I know I have mine. Um, And, or if you're a 19 year old that likes to use it for, visual, whatever visuals you like to pull up. Um, these these will work, I promise you. Reach out to your brothers and sisters. 
It doesn't have to be a long, lengthy conversation. And what you know what? If it is, isn't that pretty awesome? Because we're meant to be in relationships. Mm-hmm. Reach out to the ones that you think are strong. Reach out to the ones you really didn't give two peas about. And those are the conversations you don't maybe always want to have. But I don't think it's a bad thing to let people know you care and or are thinking about. And I know that for a number of people in our network, uh, that has opened conversations that were hard for some people and needed to be had. And uh, they're still here. So it is part of the mission. It is part of what we do. Uh, Please, please, please be part of the Shock and Awe mission and reach out to your brothers and sisters. Some people call it a battle buddy or a battle check, and that's uh, we just call it what you want. Reach out. Yeah, call it what you want. I know most of the younger guys and gals that I see with the cell phones are. It is important to them because they they can't breathe without them. Yeah, I haven't figured out the the Snapchatter McBookgram app yet, but uh, that's uh, I know everyone does the snaps. I call me old fashioned. I'm still using Yahoo as an email. No, I'm not. That's not true. Um, I. What was uh, AOL? I still have AOL. No, I don't have that. Either. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Is there, is there still AOL out there? Yeah, yeah, it's still. Uh, we, run, we run into people occasionally, and we, we make fun of them. Um, and when you made dates off of that, you, you just uh, hope like heck they uh, look like they <laughs> when you made them in public. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I am. phones out there. I guess the flip phones are coming back, but. Uh, yeah. You know, you see a lot of these movies uh, nowadays, especially like the cops and robber type action movies in the movies made in 2023. And the guy pulls out a flip phone. You're like, what? Wait. I thought they were all Blackberries on TV. You know, they, they've always got a flip phone <laughs> on these things half the time. Now, if, you know, if, it's a, if it's a girly movie, now they got the, you know, the, the, the phones, <laughs> the tablets. <laughs> but, uh, this isn't a hundred percent politically charged question. I, I like it, Larry. Why do twice as many conservatives think it's intelligent to watch television for political information than liberals? And I don't know that that stata, that dat, data, data, stata, stat is is a hundred percent accurate. My question is, and I'll piggyback this: Why does anyone watch television for any kind of political Resource. information? Period. Ratings don't lie. <laughs> well, Larry, whoever makes the ratings could actually very easily lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Um, I had the Nokia brick. I had that. That phone was not very big, but it was heavy as stuff. It's so heavy. I was going to say the poo word, but that doesn't need to be heavy. So I don't even um, know what the brick. Nokia, the what, the brick? Any Nokia yeah, yeah. you had was heavy. Mine had the antenna even on it. Yeah, yeah, the fixed antenna. Yeah, it didn't go, it didn't slide back in. Um, the Nokia, that was AT&T, I think, back in the day. Well, you know, when they come out with those mobile phones where you had the bag, you know, and and then, then they went to the wireless and the phone was like, you know, this long, 
and you know it looked like a brick and uh um what's funny is when you're watching you know an old movie from back around that era and in the in a all of a sudden it popped out that big old phone you're like oh, that's a long time ago uh you know uh it's funny with like the kids and the snapchat you're mentioning uh uh mike's girlfriend had a teenage daughter and every time we you know we we dated for four years every time we went somewhere um um especially at night all you see in the back of that car is that phone flash not <laughs> look in the mirror she'll be about to go the only time i ever saw one of those phones is on tv oh my gosh I mean, I, I swear a hundred pictures and boom, Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. I was like, I mean, I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. No, that's what they do. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't care that you see what I'm eating. I don't care if the <laughs> cheeseburger looks great. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you're eating. I just don't. No, I have cousins that feel, <clears throat> hey, Johnny pooped today. Great. Great, yeah. great. That's awesome. Not yeah. When people get up and discuss their bodily functions, when they got, I got up. Do, 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 you're just like, okay, really? <laughs> put that on well, it's, Facebook. <laughs> it's it's driven to a society that I mean, and I'm not going to get all deep dive and all this stuff, but um, as we can see recently, I mean, there's the numbers of statistics and uh, uh, children's suicides um, and depression and anxiety. Um, and when you look at the fact that uh, people these days, you know, whether they're 10, 15 years old, up to 24, 25 years old, their basis of a relationship is a thumb, a thumbs up. I mean, a like. Um, right. They've never met the thousand people that are liking them or following them. But as soon as that person blocks them, they go into anxiety. And yes, I'm generally speaking, and, and but it's, it's, oh, yeah overwhelming the amount of anxiety cause issues there are um in the lack of ability to cope and it's it's scary mm -hmm. I mean, i'm not knocking a generation at all i mean their technology is great but it's i think it needs to be checked a little bit that yeah yeah well, so, it's, even I mean, with our our military people and to be honest with you i mean they're at least at one point even in video game world, which is a big part of military because on your downtime, they want something to do. Yeah. The, the video games are an easy access point. At one time, you know, you could all, you'd have to still all be in the same room to do it. But now it's completely 100% individualized. It's all network gaming. And there is, yes, I do know example. My son is heading to Texas next week to go hang out with a gamer buddy that he met online. Well, that's cool that he's taking those steps. But how many of our veterans, uh, how many of our first responders use as, as an isolation um, piece that they're just not, they're not engaging in the relationship? The pieces yeah. that Rick talked about earlier is I miss the part of being with the, the boys, the girls, the, the hanging out piece. That is a piece that is essential with the People's Patriot Project in the, the, the vision and the missions and the pieces that we do where we put boots on the ground at a place and create an event to listen to good music, drink good, whatever you want to drink, have conversation and enjoy life. And that's, yes, it's, I get it. You're enjoying life, but it's, it's, it's not just essential to, you know, we got your back or we got just, you know, got your six and apologize. 
uh, it's essential to social engagement and social survival. I mean, getting together people in person is just it's 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 a requirement, and it's it's just not there anymore. It's not. I I think, for lack of a better word, I think it can be forced, so to speak, because it again. I mean, I know sitting down to a great meal and having people talking to, you, and that's something that I kind of instill in 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 my family is you know we're going to sit down, we're going to eat a meal together. Um, this is what we're going to do. Um, and does it happen in front of the TV sometimes? Sure, it does. Uh, but I guarantee you uh, that is not a global piece anymore where people are sitting down having conversation. Some of my favorite experiences are, you know, with Andrea traveling and, and eating foods with other people. She's okay. kind of a picky eater, so I try to get her to eat things that she doesn't want to eat. Um, yeah. She would not eat the frog legs. In no frog legs. Nope. No frog legs. <laughs> Tastes like, tastes just like chicken. <laughs> it does taste just like chicken. <laughs> Anything that people go, it's a, it's uh, something. It is. It is what yep. it is. Yep. Some people just have, some people just feel the need to be heard. That's okay. Yep. Be heard. Say your say your piece. I love it. It's uh, I'm not against it. No, that's um, free. that's what we fought for. Yep. Whether we a hundred percent. Absolutely. You know whether we like other people's views or not, they have that right because of people like us. Absolutely. But I want to admit it these days. That's the piece I pride myself in the most. And, and it doesn't hurt my heart when I see a flag on the ground. It literally hurts my heart. Mm -hmm. Does it hurt my heart when I see someone stand? It literally hurts. It hurts my heart when I see someone spitting on a police officer. But I'm going to tell you what, it hurts my heart knowing that anyone would spit on anybody. Right. Um, these pieces hurt my heart, but the piece also is it's what all the people that have signed the dotted line have done that for the purpose of. Yep. Say your piece, do your thing. Say um, it you want. Don't try convincing people. Right. I mean, yeah, everybody has their own system in their in their in their, in their brain. So I don't care what anybody does, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, and you don't make an omission to change their minds. Yeah, um, and it's, respect each I, other's opinions. Um, uh, if if you're coming to me with facts, and here's the tough part about facts: facts are a perception. Yep. Facts, the perception is based on your education. Facts. Your perception, your education is based on what you're willing to listen to. Uh -huh. All these pieces play together. You don't have to believe everything you hear. You don't have to react to everything that you hear and see. Now, again, there's a difference between what you vision. You can put four people on four different corners of a car accident, and every one of those four people are going to come away with a different fact about that incident. Okay, I get it. It's time to just work together. Right. It's time to have real conversations. Hey, what you do is good for you. What I do is good for me. And we're at the end, all have to do this together at some point or sometime or someplace. So <clears throat> it's, it's, 
he was talking about stats earlier. I mean, it's all in how you ask the question to get your answer. I mean, if I walked up to you and said, uh, do you still beat your wife or have you stopped? Yeah, sure. both, both answers are going to be you beat your wife. I mean, there's, you know, either I stopped doing it or I'm still doing it. Uh-huh. It's just all so, you ask Not to cover the hot topic items, but if you're sitting outside the church and you're asking, well, well should abortion be illegal or illegal? You know what you're going to get for that information, and then if you go down and stand outside of um, um, yeah. organizations that don't agree with that, and right. where are you getting your data? And where then, are you getting your, your plausible most, understanding? Most people don't understand the concept of what your mind does when you don't have all the information. Your mind naturally fills in the gaps of what you think makes sense. So you uh, believe oh. it happened. You believe 100% what you saw happen. Um, because it is innate to your body. You don't have no idea. Um, it, you can turn around and say, hey, officer, this is exactly what I saw. You believed it 100%, but you didn't see the whole thing. Your mind creates and fills in the gaps, and then you think that you are right. You won't accept the fact that you could be mis- mis- you know, wrong because it's what you saw. Um, right. And if That's you understood wrong. that, you would believe that maybe I didn't see it correctly or something. So... Yeah. That, that sounds like a Dear Jesse letter gonna rise, what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that bothers life me. Life is golden and great. Yeah. I love the life. I'm, I'm going to marry her. Dear uh, Jesse. Oh, what, shoot. What bothers me most about, you know, I watch the news or, you know, whatever on TV is now you got a media that takes one sentence out of a whole hour long uh, conversation. And uses that to make the whole conversation look like it was bad. When, when, uh, I mean, I've, I've commented on posts on Facebook and I see people, oh, well, this is something. So, did you watch the whole interview? Yeah. Well, no, I, I say, so you saw what they wanted you to see and the way they spun it. So, that's where media is a, a person it, with good intellectual ability should go. So, well, let me go watch what this person actually said Mark finished. Mark, you brought it up earlier with the news. The news changed years ago. Um, uh, the news was, this is what freaking happened. That's it. There was no opinions. There's no nothing. It was this car, ran into this car. There was an accident. One person died. One person did not. That's it. There was no violence or... or well, there, was, there was violence. It just was reported exactly what happened. There was no opinion base. There was no agendas behind it. Didn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, there was no right. opinions in it. It was reporting the situation, and that's right. it. And yeah. people read it and said, Oh, there were three burglars last night. That's it. Not what their race was, not what time it was, or, or not, I mean, not time, but not why it was done or why the police reacted to it because of whatever. It was there were three burglars last night. That's it. That's my piece. Yep. Is it when a, uh, a bad incident happens, you know, they go for race right off the bat. And then, then you got to wait, uh, 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 are we fixed to have rights over this or what, or, or, or is this going to be, Hey, this was a bad situation. It happened. Um, you know, pray for the people involved and, and you move on with life because that's all you can do. Um, this is actually the first time we've had one of our shows that have slipped into even any part of this uh, yeah. type of conversations. And it, it's good. It's it's good to acknowledge it exists. It's good to uh, have an understanding that it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not. I like the piece that Jamie talks about, and it's don't don't try and influence me. Don't if you come to me with facts that I get it, but I get to decide at the end of the day what I'm going to take home. For well, me the bottom me. line is no one can be offended if you do not want to be offended. It is, it's your choice to hear the words or see the act and decide to be offended or not. No matter what I call you, no matter what I say to you, if it offends you, that's your fault. Right. Well, that's it. So that's let's talk moment. about the jeering, the jeering of veterans and first responders and ourselves, wherever we make fun of, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, we did a show down in uh, Kentucky and the primary artist was a Marine. And the, the guy who started the show wanted to present him with a box of crayons to start the show. You can be offended by that. Um, our artist was not offended by that. Uh, but I'm also the guy that puts the, the, the thought into it that says, you know what? Is it needed in a public forum? Do we need to put this out there in this space? It, it's, it's funnier, in my opinion, if you do it on the side. This is you and me thing. Hey, check this out. Um, again, in, in this form, I'm not offended by a thing. They make them now. They make crayons that are edible now for that purpose. I mean, they're they're made out of gummy or whatever. It's now, awesome. I think they can argue that they've always been edible. You can always yeah. They're, they've always been edible, just not as good. We're <laughs> <laughs> adding flavor. They're throwing them in the MREs now. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. Like your favorite cool um, color, color uh, favorite lemonade, red. That's it. Your favorite lemonade is red. I mean, fa I'm sorry. Favorite Kool Aid. My bad. Well, favorite Kool Aid. However, red. however, red lemonade is pretty good. Yep. Um, what a blessing to have you guys on. I'm excited to see where our relationships build and grow from here. I know we're not. This isn't going to be the last time. No. Um, Jonathan, uh, how are you? How's your technology going, brother? You ready to give some closing statements? <laughs> oh, fair enough. I got it. Yeah, okay. Got there it, it goes. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to work for a while. Um, no, man, I just, I think when we're talking about the uh, making the phone calls and reaching out to people, you know, um, sometimes the best thing you can do for you is to reach out to somebody and, and, and have a conversation. Just to, like Mark said, tell somebody who uh, you haven't really had the best relationship with, you know, and just tell them, Hey, I'm sorry you know, wish things had turned out different or maybe we can start right now, whatever it is, you know, uh, reaching out to an old friend you haven't talked to in a while. It just something like, you know, when, when you talk to somebody and they say, Hey man, I really appreciate that. I was, you know, I wasn't doing so great. I'm glad you reached out. It, it, there's, there's a part of, there's a part of you that also gets, uh, gets relief in those situations. You know what I mean? How many times have you, you thought do, somebody there's two ways this goes in my opinion you can live with the fact that you did nothing or you can do something that's pretty much how i see it mr benito what'd you say so how many times have you just thought about someone and a couple minutes later they called you yeah um, yeah it's yeah. weird like that so you never know when you think of somebody call them up they may be they may be wondering you know or having a bad time just call them yep anything in closing mr benito well, just hopefully, guys, uh, you got, the followers can keep supporting you all and getting the information out there. I am 100% uh, contactable by email, phone number, anything. If you're a complete stranger, if you uh, want to talk about anything military or law enforcement, good or bad, 
uh, reach out. Sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger. So, oh yeah, um, Mr. Brown, you got anything in closing? Uh, no, I've had a blast uh, talking with y'all and being on this show. I would love to do it all again sometime. Um, and I appreciate you having me on here and, uh, and you know helping spread my music. Uh, one thing I wanted to say a little earlier, you know how we we all respect our veterans we're all proud of our service and i, I do a veterans commission benefit here out, over in gladewater texas every year and i always say this i want to thank our veterans so appreciation but also it's the people that stay at home waiting on us wondering if they're going to get that call or sending a care package uh donating to uh to all the uh, veterans funds, you know, the, the ben benefits and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, uh, you don't have to be in the military or veteran to be a patriot of the United States. And the people here at home, your families that sit back when you're gone, not knowing if they're ever going to see you again and pray and they're that they're the backbone that you come home to when you're over here. You know, you, you make friends. You got you got brothers. You're all brothers and sisters over there. You make friends. But there's that that true family that's back at home waiting on that letter, you know, or, or you're waiting on that letter over there in the sand. You know, am I going to get a letter from home today? And and we all know how that feels. You know, you're sitting there, but you still got your friends. You still have fun. You. You play, you cut up, but it's the people right here that stay at home because, like they say, uh, war is hell on the home front, too. And I always thank the people that stayed home and supported us and backed us up while we were over there doing our jobs. The, the ones that didn't sign up for the mission but get to deal with the mission. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, you get some people come up and they go, man, I tried to join the service back in the day. You know, I had flat feet or heart murmur, and, you know, and, and you just, you know, you, you just want to shake their hand and say, man, at least you tried. And not everybody can get in. Not everybody's healthy enough. You know, I knew when I wanted to go back in, I wasn't going to be able to go with my knees and stuff all jacked up and you know, uh, so I just didn't bother trying like, like he did. And I, I really, really respect that. He went back in and finished your service because all these years I've always wished, I've always told everybody I should have stayed in. But, I mean, I had already hurt my knees in there anyway, so I probably wouldn't have been, been able to stay in full term. But, yeah, uh, the home front matters just as much as, uh, as, as we do. They really do. Because if it wasn't for them, it would uh, there wouldn't be us. That's all there is to it. Miss awesome. Eichmann. Yeah, I would like to thank you guys for being on here tonight. It's been a great conversation. There's so much more that we could ask and talk about, and we'll need another hour or two for that in the future. Um, I do want to remind everyone that we have an event August 26th that we will be at. It's Operation Zero event at the Veterans Lake of Ramsey. Uh, we're going to bring a little booth with our keychains and stickers. So we'll be there. I'm just kidding. We love going to these things to support our our fellows. Um, October, or excuse me, September 9th, 
2023 down in Nash, uh, Nebraska, excuse me, um, we are going to be at Hero Stock. I don't know, one of us, two of us, maybe five of us if we can round them up. Um, but we will be at Hero Stock with um, Jason Steiner and his band of people. Uh, we're looking at Nashville Takeover in October as well. I just can't, I can't get enough of Nashville. And I just talked to so many people the last few days that love Nashville. So I'm inviting them down in October as well. Then next week, we have a couple cool guests. We have uh, Michael John with Hellfish Haven. And we have Low Becker with his Low Becker music coming next week. So I will see you all then. Awesome. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, we do have one more. We'll close out on a song, Drinking Man Blues. Uh, I just, I think everyone's going to appreciate it. I'm pretty sure Rick branded this song for the WP3. You'll, you'll see why. Um, it's it's I'm positive. That's all he was thinking. Shocking off. All day long. Uh, tell us about uh, Drinking Man Blues, brother. Well, uh, just like taking back Texas, I'm still old country, and don't blame me if I don't change, because I still think old country music is awesome. So I wrote this song because I wanted a, a Hank Jr. style, a Merle Haggard style, um, just a barroom honky tonk song, and um, you know it's a waltz, and uh, I started writing it. it you know, sometimes your best songs don't take you long to write it. It just kind of comes to you. And um, I just sat down and, like I say, I'm not a great musician on a guitar. So I went to my guys. Man, I got this song here. It kind of goes like this. And um, I got some friends that I want to give a shout-out to, uh, Matt Jackson and Nick Honor that do my recording. And I go in and say, this is what's in my brain. I just can't play it. And then they, they put it out there, and literally every time they nail it. And then I, I bring some of my buddies in and say, I want you to play guitar on this one. I want you to play guitar. You know, I've got several different friends of mine mixed in these songs. And and so far, I've been pleased with it. And uh, But this is a, just a good old honky-tonk barroom song, uh, like a Merle Haggard or Hank Jr. song. So. We're blessed to have both of you guys on here. Remember, you'll see us on Mondays on our at 4.30 uh, for our WP3 Weekly Debrief. And again, every Sunday at 1800 uh, for We Got Your 6 at 6 Patriot Playtime. Uh, hey, we love having you in the family. Thank you for being part of the Shock and Awe. Thank you. Shock and Awe. And this is Rick Brown and the Lone Star Bootleggers with Ricky Man Blues. I'm going out of my mind One drink at a time Since you've been gone this barroom's my home I've got swinging doors A jukebox And a bar stool I sit here all night And 
drink like a damn fool This ballroom is my home Away from home I sit here all night Until I get tired But I ain't found 